Chapter Twenty Seven of Legacy by James H. Schmitz. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Legacy, Chapter Twenty Seven. The De Vegas said, "Lyad, while not too happy with their allies' increasingly independent attitude, were more anxious than ever to see the alliance progress to the working stage." As an indication of its potential usefulness, the monster had provided them with a variety of working plasmoid robots, built to their own specifications. "'What kind of specifications?' Trigger inquired. Lyad hadn't learned in detail, but some of the robots appeared to have demonstrated rather alarming possibilities. Those possibilities, however, were precisely what intrigued the hierarchy most. Mantellish smacked his lips thoughtfully and shook his head. Not good, he said. Not at all good. I'm beginning to think. He paused a moment. Go on, Lyad. The hierarchy was now giving renewed consideration to a curious request the plasmoid had made almost as soon as Belmorden became capable of understanding it. The request had been to find and destroy Plasmoid 113A. The Ermitine's amber eyes switched to Trigger. Shall I? she asked. Trigger nodded. And a specific human being. The De Vegas already had established that this human being must be Trigger Argy. What? Mantellish's thick white eyebrows shot up. 113A we can understand. It is afraid of being in some way brought back under control. But why Trigger? Because, Lyad said carefully, one twelve was aware that one thirteen a intended to condition Trigger into being its interpreter. Professor Mantellus's jaw dropped. He swung his head toward Trigger. Is that true? She nodded. It's true, all right. We've been working on it, but we haven't got too far along. Tell you later. Go ahead, Lyad. The De Vegas, naturally, hadn't acted on the King Plasmoid's naive suggestion. Whatever it feared was more than likely to be very useful to them. Instead, they made preparations to bring both 113A and Trigger Argy into their possession. They would then have a new, strong bargaining point in their dealings with their dubious partner. But they discovered promptly that neither Trigger nor 113A were at all easy to come by. Balmordan now suggested a modification of tactics. The hierarchy had seen to it that a number of interpreters were available for 112. Balmordan, in consequence, had lost much of his early importance and was anxious to regain it. His proposal was that all efforts should be directed at obtaining 113A. Once it was obtained, he himself would volunteer to become its first interpreter. Trigger Argy, because of the information she might reveal to others, should be destroyed, a far simpler operation than attempting to take her alive. This was agreed to, and Belmorden was authorized to carry out both operations. Mantellish had begun shaking his head again. No, he said suddenly and loudly. He looked at Lyad, then at Trigger. Trigger, he said. Yes, said Trigger. Take that deceitful woman to her cabin, Mantellish ordered. Lock her up. I have something to say to the commissioner. Trigger arose. All right, she said. Come on, Lyad. The two of them left the lounge. Mantellish stood up and went over to the commissioner. He grasped the commissioner's jacket lapels. Holadi, old friend, 
he began emotionally. "'What is it, old friend?' the commissioner inquired. "'What I have to say,' Mantellish rumbled, "'will shock you. Profoundly.' "'No,' exclaimed the commissioner. "'Yes,' said Mantellish. "'That plasmoid one-twelve. It has, of course, an almost inestimable potential value to civilization.' "'Of course,' the commissioner agreed. "'But it also,' said Mantellish, "'represents a quite intolerable threat to civilization.' "'Mantellish!' cried the commissioner. "'It does. You don't comprehend these matters as I do. Holadi, that plasmoid must be destroyed, secretly, if possible, and by us.' "'Mantellish!' gasped the commissioner. "'You can't be serious.' "'I am.' "'Well,' said Commissioner Tate, sit down. I'm open to suggestions. Space armor drill hadn't been featured much in the Colonial School's crowded curriculum, but the Commissioner broke out one of the ship's two heavy-duty suits. And when Trigger wasn't at the controls, eating, sleeping, or taking care of the ship's housekeeping with Lyad and Mantellish, she drilled. She wasn't at the controls too often. When she was, they had to surface and proceed in normal space. But Lyad, not too surprisingly, turned out to be a qualified subspace pilot. Even less surprisingly, she already had made a careful study of the ship's controls. After a few hours of instruction, she went on shift with the Commissioner along the less rugged stretches. In this area, none of the stretches were smooth. When not on duty, Lyad lay on her bunk and brooded. Mantellish tried to be useful. Repulsive might have been brooding, too. He didn't make himself noticeable. Time passed. The stretches got rougher. The last ten hours the Commissioner didn't stir out of the control seat. Lyad had been locked in her cabin again as the critical period approached. In normal space the substation should have been in clear detector range by now. Here the detectors gave occasional blurry, uncertain indications that somewhere in the swirling energies about them might be something more solidly material. It was like creeping through jungle thickets towards the point where a dangerous quarry lurked. They eased down on the coordinate points. They came sliding out between two monstrous twisters. The detectors leaped to life. "'Ship!' said the Commissioner. He swore. "'Frigate-class!' he said an instant later. He turned his head toward Trigger. "'Get Lyad. They're in communication range. We'll let her communicate.' Trigger, heart-hammering, ran to get Lyad. The Commissioner had the short-range communicator on when they came hurrying back to the control room together. "'That the Aurora?' he asked. Lyad glanced at the outline in the detectors. "'It is.' Her face went white. "'Talk to him,' he ordered. "'Know their call number?' "'Of course.' Lyad sat down at the communicator. Her hand shook for a moment, then steadied. "'What am I to say?' Just find out what's happened to start with, why they're still here. Then we'll improvise. Get them to come to the screen if you can." Lyad's fingers flew over the tabs. The communicator signaled contact. Lyad said evenly, "'Come in, Aurora. This is the Ermitine.' There was a pause, a rather unaccountably long pause, Trigger thought. Then a voice said, "'Yes, First Lady?' Lyad's eyes widened for an instant. 
Coming on visual, Captain. There was the snap of command in the words. Again a pause. Then suddenly the communicator was looking into the Aurora's control room. A brown-bearded, rather lumpy-faced man in uniform sat before the other screen. There were other uniformed men behind him. Trigger heard the Ermitine's breath suck in and turned to watch Lyad's face. "'Why haven't you carried out your instructions, Captain?' The voice was still even. "'There was difficulty with the engines, First Lady.' Lyad nodded. "'Very well. Stand by for new instructions.' She switched off the communicator. She twisted around toward the Commissioner. "'Get us out of here,' she said, chalk-faced. "'Fast! Those aren't my men!' Flame bellowed about them in subspace. The Commissioner's hand slapped a button. The flame vanished and stars shone all around. The engines hurled them forward. Twelve seconds later they angled and dived again. Subspace reappeared. "'Guess you are right,' the Commissioner said. He idled the engines and scratched his chin. But what were they? Everything about it was wrong, Lyad was saying presently, her face still white. Their faces in particular were deformed. She looked at Trigger. You saw it? Trigger nodded. She suspected she was on the white-faced side herself. The captain, she said, I didn't look at the others. It looked as if his cheeks and forehead were pushed out of shape. There was a short silence. "'Well,' said the Commissioner, "'seems like that plasmoid has been doing some more experimenting. Question is, how did it get to them?' They didn't find any answers to that. Lyad insisted the Aurora had been given specific orders to avoid the immediate vicinity of the substation. Its only purpose there was to observe and report on anything that seemed to be going on in the area. She couldn't imagine her crew disobeying the orders. That mind-level control business," Trigger said finally. Maybe it found a way of going out to them. She could see by their faces that the idea had occurred, and that they didn't like it. Well, neither did she. They pitched a few more ideas around. None of them seemed helpful. Unless we just want to hightail it, the Commissioner said finally, about the only thing we can do is go back and slug it out with the frigate first. We can't risk snooping around the station while she's there, and likely to start pounding on our backs any second." Mantellish looked startled. "'Holati,' he cautioned, "'that's a warship!' "'Mantellish,' the Commissioner said, a trifle coldly, "'what you've been riding in isn't a canoe.' He glanced at Lyad. "'I suppose you'd feel happier if you weren't locked up in your cabin during the ruckus.' Lyad gave him a strained smile. "'Commissioner,' she said, "'you're so right.' "'Then keep your seat,' he said. "'We'll start prowling.' They prowled. It took an hour to recontact the Aurora, presumably because the Aurora was also prowling for them. Suddenly the detectors came alive. The ship's guns went off at once. Then subspace went careening crazily past in the screens. Trigger looked at the screens for a few seconds gulped and started studying the floor. Whatever the plasmoid had done to the frigate's crew, they appeared to have lost none of their ability to give battle. It was a very brisk affair. But neither had the one-time squadron commander Tate lost much of his talent along those lines. 
The frigate had many more guns, but no better range. And he had the faster ship. Four minutes after the first shots were exchanged, the Aurora blew up. The ripped hunk of the Aurora's hull, which the Commissioner presently brought into the lock, appeared to have had three approximately quarter-inch holes driven at a slant through it, which subsequently had been plugged again. The plugging material was plasmoid in character. There were two holes in another piece, the Commissioner said very thoughtfully. If that's the average, she was punched in a few thousand spots. Let's go have a better look. He and Mantellish maneuvered the gravity crane carrying the hold slab of steel alloy into the ship's workshop. Lyad was locked back into her cabin, and Trigger went on guard in the control room and looked out wistfully at the stars of normal space. Half an hour later, the two men came up the passage and joined her. They appeared preoccupied. "'It's an unpleasant picture, Trigger girl,' the Commissioner said. "'Those holes look sort of chewed through.' Whatever did the chewing was also apparently capable of sealing up the portion behind it as it went along. What it did to the men when it got inside we don't know. Mantellish feels we might compare it roughly to the effects of ordinary germ invasion. It doesn't really matter. It fixed them." "'Mighty large germs,' Trigger said. "'Why didn't their meteor reflectors stop them?' If the ship was hove to, and these things just drifted in gradually... Oh, I see. That wouldn't activate the reflectors. Then, if we keep moving ourselves... That, said the Commissioner, was what I had in mind. End of chapter 27